May it please the listeners. My name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. In this episode, we're going to talk about something a little bit out of the ordinary for us. I'm a litigator. I've been a litigator for many years, and I'm used to alternative dispute resolution, or ADR as we call it in the industry. And that typically refers to arbitration or mediation, which are methods we use to try to resolve business disputes outside of court, of all things. And in arbitration, in the kind of cases I work on, you most ordinarily encounter large organizations like the American Arbitration Association or JAMS that run these arbitration programs and have neutrals at their disposal and arrange a proceeding where you can arbitrate and resolve your dispute. There is a new entry in the world of ADR, and it is Amazon. And to talk to me about that is my partner, Mark Rosenberg, from our intellectual property group. Hey, Rich. Hello. Nice to be here. I'm glad you're here, Mark. So let's start. We're not going to spend a lot of time on what is Amazon because I don't think you can live on planet Earth and not know what Amazon is. But we can talk a little bit about how big it is. I gather something like 38% of online sales in the United States. Something like that. And the focus here with the ADR proceeding is for the third-party sellers who sell on the Amazon marketplace. Okay. And and let's define that. What is a what is a third-party seller on Amazon as distinguished from Amazon itself? So you, you can go on Amazon and you it says who is selling the product. And if it says sold and fulfilled by Amazon, Amazon, the company, is selling it. Other times it'll say sold by and give the name of, of another company. And what third-party sellers are doing are, are using the Amazon platform, and Amazon has made this very easy for them to do, to sell products. Some of them are unique to, to Amazon that Amazon itself doesn't sell, and some actually compete with Amazon, the exact same product at different prices. And the third-party sellers represent more than half of the products sold on the Amazon platform? Uh, in the last year or two, yes. That's, it's that and growing, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of Amazon's uh, revenue from the sales on its website. I saw in one of your articles about this, it's something like $160 billion a year from third-party sellers on Amazon. And growing. So what is the issue with those third-party sellers that's led to this new dispute resolution mechanism? Well, third parties sometimes are selling products that violate others' intellectual property rights, either a patent, a trademark, or copyright. And Amazon, for several years now, have had procedures to what what happens when an intellectual property rights owner sees their trademark or copyright being infringed by a third-party seller. There's a whole takedown process, a registration process and a takedown process. And by what do you mean by takedown for the uninitiated? That Amazon will re- remove the listing that is the subject of the trademark or copyright complaint. Okay, so so somebody sees a product being sold on Amazon that violates their trademark or copyright or patent, and they would write to Amazon and say, take that off of our platform. And then Amazon usually does. Let me give you an example. I represent a company that has a well-known website, sells products on a well-known website. And what third-party sellers were doing 
is selling other products using my client's photographs copied from its website and product descriptions taken from its website, which all of which is copyright infringement. We put Amazon on notice of these uh, listings and Amazon promptly took them down. Okay. And, and so from there, get us to this new program. Okay. So there was a big hole in terms of patent infringement and particularly utility patents. And utility patents are patents that govern how things work generally. That's a very general way of describing things. In the past, and even now, that if a patent owner writes to Amazon, files a, a notice of patent complaint using the Amazon form online, Amazon basically says, you patent rights owner and you seller, work it out amongst yourselves. And Amazon will put the seller on notice there's been a complaint and give the seller's email address to the patent owner. And then Amazon says, wipes its hands and said, we're done. That obviously left a lot of unsatisfied patent owners, and there, there was a clamor that Amazon knew infringing matters, infringing products were being sold on its website and doing nothing about it. And the patent owner is unsatisfied, I should say the alleged patent owner, the alleged patent owner is unsatisfied because there's been no resolution of the wrongdoing. Correct. And let's, let's, you know, most of the time here, it is legitimate patent owners. Okay. Uh, particularly with utility patents. And the violator, I was going to say alleged violator, but I'll just say violator. The violator has been wiped off of the Amazon platform. No, it has not. You know, ah. th- and that's the problem, that the patent owner tells Amazon mm-hmm. that your website is being used to sell infringing products, and here's the list. Here's a link to the listing. Amazon says, okay. Seller, you've been accused of infringement. Here's their contact information. Patent owner, here's the contact information among of the seller. Work it out amongst yourselves. There was a Supreme Court case a few years ago that Tiffany brought against eBay that protects platforms like eBay and Amazon from issues of infringement on the grounds that all they're do, doing is providing a platform and are not evol- involved with the actual sales and don't know what's going on. Okay. That, that's a subject for another day. Sure. But that's why Amazon has kind of wiped its hands of this is because they have the Supreme Court protection. Okay. And so what is the new program? How does it work? Okay. So right now, it, this started earlier this year. It's a pilot program. And Amazon, just background, has been very vague about what it's looking for in the pilot program. But what it is, is that in certain instances, and Amazon has not said which instances and which not, when a patent owner files a complaint with Amazon using the Amazon patent infringement reporting process, it will put the the dispute in a form of alternative dispute resolutions, which is called the Amazon neutral patent evaluation process. Okay. And how does the Amazon neutral patent evaluation process work? Okay. So what happens is that Amazon will send a notice to the patent owner and to the third-party seller that your product has been put into the process, you you being the seller. So generally speaking, after being put on notice, both sides are are required to submit $4,000 for the process. Okay, and that that $4,000 per side submitted to Amazon. Correct. And it's actually, if there's multiple sellers, each seller must submit 4000 Okay. And, and why I say multiple sellers, because sometimes multiple third parties are selling the same allegedly infringing product. And, and by the way, that's consistent with alternative dispute resolution. I mentioned at the outset of this program, arbitration and mediation. 
those are proceedings outside the court system that ordinarily the participants pay for one way or another. And they can be rather expensive, which is a criticism that arbitration has drawn. So in the Amazon process, everybody antes in $4,000. That's right. what happens. And then as we go along, I'll explain what happens to the $4,000. Okay. Okay. So if the patent owner does not submit $4,000, the proceeding goes away and the accused listings or list, listing remains up. If the seller does not submit the $4,000, the listing comes down. Okay. Okay. Assuming that both sides submit their $4,000, the seller's listing remains up during the pendency of the proceeding, which is a great thing for the for the seller because otherwise the, their listing comes down, and every day that it's down is a lost sale. It's interesting. The four thousand dollars is like an entry fee to verify the veracity of your belief in your position. Absolutely, and it's both sides because what I've seen uh, is that there's been some less than good faith patent infringement claims made against sellers for anti-competitive purposes. That the seller, I mean, the patent owner understands there's a chance, a good chance that the seller's products will be taken down. And how, you know, what's a good way to get rid of a competitor is to file a essentially bad faith patent claim. Right. Here, that prevents it. Because if you're filing a bad faith patent claim, you're not going to submit the $4,000. Okay. So let's say everybody antes up and there are now two parties engaged, where does the process go from there? At that point, a evaluator is appointed by Amazon. Typically, the evaluator is an attorney with a patent background, and in my experience, it's a background or even an educational background in the field where uh, that the patent involves. So if it's an electric, electrical patent, it's somebody with some type of electrical engineering background or w patent work in the electrical engineering field, mechanical, mechanical engineering or mechanical work in the patent. So your evaluator knows the law and knows the industry. Not necessarily the industry, but the types of products. The evaluation I did involved electronic circuitry. Okay. And it was very helpful that the person had a electrical engineering background. Okay. And so there's evaluator appointed. Then what does the proceeding look like? Several weeks after the evaluator is appointed, the patent owner uh, has to submit a brief explaining its position. And it's a page limit of, I believe, 15 pages. Then the accused infringer has, I think, two weeks to submit a reply. Then I'm sorry, to do, submit an opposition, which again is a 15-page cap. And then two weeks later, the patent owner submits a reply brief. And is the matter decided on the basis of those written submissions? A hundred percent. There's no discovery. There's no oral argument. There's no hearings. There's no witnesses? There's no nothing. There's no closing argument? Nope. Just, oh, that sounds like no fun it, whatsoever. If, if you can't write, you shouldn't be doing it as an attorney. Well, I was going to ask that. Are the parties typically represented by counsel in these matters? Yes, It'd be very d difficult to proceed if if an attorney is not doing it. Okay. Just in terms of case law, a uh, way to uh, way to express themselves and express position in a brief and an understanding of the process of how what is and what it, what is not patent infringement doctrine of equivalent, which is an aspect of patent infringement. A non-attorney would hi highly unlikely they'd be able to uh, handle those issues. Right. I I assume you would agree with me given what you do for a living. But if you have patents, you need a patent attorney to help you deal with them. 
Absolutely. I don't think you'd have a patent in the <laughs> first place if you didn't have a That's patent fair. attorney. That's also fair. All right. So the $4,000 is not only the entry fee, it's really the the entire cost of the arbitration procedure aside from what you pay your own lawyers. 100%, yes. So now here, here's what becomes interesting. Approx- I think two weeks after the reply brief is submitted by the patent owner, the evaluator must issue a decision. And it's not a lengthy decision. It's more, is, it, is the product likely to infringe or does it not infringe? And it's a few paragraphs. And that's it. Then, depending on who wins, the winner gets their $4,000 back. Okay. So if the patent owner prevails, there's a finding of a likelihood of infringement, the patent owner gets the $4,000 back. If the seller wins, there's a finding of no infringement, those sellers get their money back. And the evaluator's fee is the $4,000. Interesting. So Amazon isn't taking a cut of this. Amazon makes no money from this. What is Amazon's interest in doing this procedure as far as you can perceive it? That's a really good question. I think one of the issues is there have been a lot of complaints that Amazon is doing nothing and knowing allowing patent infringement to take place on its website, on its selling platform, and they're making money off of it. I think that it's optics. I think they're concerned at some point that someone's going to test the Supreme Court case, and while Amazon might not be involved with direct infringement, may be involved in contributory infringement, called inducement to infringe a patent. So, Mark, tell me how the fees work in a multi-party situation when it's more than two sides each putting in $4,000. Well, this would be the case where there's a patent owner and multiple sellers. Each seller must put in the $4,000 to be part of the proceeding or have their listings taken down. Again, if they win, they get their money back. And what I found in representing some sellers in a proceeding, the money came back two or three days after the proceeding was over. The evaluator sent an email to both sellers and said, please give me your wire information and I'll wire the money to you as soon as I get the information. And the whole process took two days. In a situation where the sellers are found to be infringing and there's multiple infringers, let's say there's a situation where there's five sellers, the evaluator does not get to keep $20,000. The evaluator keeps the $4,000 because there's so many sellers, maybe an additional amount because there's additional work. But the remainder all goes to the Amazon Smile Foundation, which is a charity operated by Amazon. It's a charity that collects money that goes to other charities. Um, I I don't know where the money ends up, but it is charity. Patent holders who aren't necessarily on the Amazon platform to begin with, they have no obligation to proceed by this arbitration mechanism, right? Correct. They could go to court and sue somebody for patent infringement. And the sellers just just as well can go to court and seek a uh, declaratory judgment of no infringement or that the patent's invalid. The evaluation process does not prevent anyone from going to court. I see. So this arbitration process is not compulsory at all. It's available, but both seller and patent holder have to agree to it. Essentially, yes, but it's a, it's compulsory to the extent a seller wants his product to, re, to remain listed, and it's compulsory to the extent that the patent owner wants Amazon to do something about a, an allegedly infringing product. Otherwise, both sides would have to go to court, get an order, get a judgment, and present it to Amazon to either say the product's infringing, it must come down, the product's not infringing, it can stay up. 
I like to extrapolate this into the future in a crazy manner where we have Amazon deciding all consumer disputes. We have LinkedIn deciding all employment-related disputes, and then Facebook can arbitrate any disputes you're having with your friends. If you have an argument, you can go on Facebook and have that arbitrated. I don't know if we're going there yet, but there have been complaints about Amazon trying to take over the judicial process here and privatize it. And Amazon might get some benefit from quickly resolving disputes and therefore keeping products on its website for sale. That's, that's true as well. And they might get some benefit from an appearance that they're addressing an issue that people are concerned about. Yes, I agree with you. Okay, and I, and I take your point that it's not really compulsory, so you can mitigate concerns you might have in an employment contract that has a mandatory arbitration provision. Correct. There's nothing to prevent either side from going to court at any time, either before, during, or after the proceeding. Okay. Well, that's that's a very interesting area. I thank you for bringing it to our attention. You can tell us, Mark, just a little bit about your practice because I know it involves more than patent disputes on Amazon. I am a uh, intellectual property attorney, and I do everything intellectual property, from prosecuting trademarks to litigating patent infringement, copyright infringement, trade dress infringement, and trademark infringement matters. Uh, also do licensing. I am an intellectual property attorney. And a very good one from my vantage point. Let's wrap this up, if we can, with a closing argument. Do you think this is a good procedure or something we should be suspicious of? I think this is a great procedure. Uh, Having represented both buyers, I'm sorry, sellers on Amazon and patent owners, both sides like it. It's fast, it's cheap, and it gets immediate results. And that's something you cannot do in a litigate, federal court litigation. Would you begrudge someone who had some suspicion of Amazon getting involved in what looks like a pseudo-judicial process? I can see why people are suspicious, but Amazon does not have its thumb on the scale here. Okay. I just think it works really well. This is a great process for patent owners who are not interested in damages. They just want the infringing product taken off of Amazon. If they want damages, they can go to federal court. If they want the infringing product taken down, this is the perfect process for them. And, it, it, and again, it's so cost efficient. I should have asked you that, actually. The only relief available in this procedure is to take the merchandise off of Amazon. Yes, there's no damages. You can't get a compensatory damages. You can't get punitive damages. You can't get your attorney's fees. You can't get anything. Nothing. All you, all you do if you win is you get your $4,000 back. All right. Well, thank you, Mark, for bringing this really interesting topic to our attention, something going on that I certainly didn't know about, and I'm happy to. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at 
You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief. Law Brief.